Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are back. Have you missed us? That's right. We are presenting another episode of Jazz from the 1970s. That's right, nothing but pure jazz funk from one of the greatest eras of jazz music. Now some of the purists will sit there and snuff at that, but there's nothing but love from this end. And we've got 12 audacious tracks for you that are sure to hit your jazz fusion, jazz rock, whatever you want to call it, needs. We're going to satiate that thirst that it's been a while it's been i think a year and a half something like that almost two years since we've done an episode on maybe it has been two years since we've done uh, another episode of the uh, jazz from the 1970s and it's been far too long so yeah so we want to thank all of you who are listening and allowing us here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to be a part of your day or your evening. Either way, your listening experience. So sit back, relax, grab a beverage if you can, and let's sink in to the groovy sounds of jazz from the 1970s. Enjoy. Thank you. 
All right. The great, the great Billy Cobham on the drums with his original composition, Stratus, from the 1973 album Spectrum on Atlantic Records. Killer, killer lineup here. Um, Yeah, so we have Lee Sklar, a bass legend. We have Tommy Bolin on the guitar. We have, of course, Billy Cobham on the drums. And a very connecting theme to this entire musical set, Jan Hammer on electric piano, acoustic piano, Moog synthesizer, all throughout this album. And, of course, Jan Hammer and Billy Cobham were in a little band together. You may have heard of it, called the Mahavishnu Orchestra. And, um, yeah... This album was uh, recorded as the Mahavishnu Orchestra, the classic Mahavishnu Orchestra as we know it, with Jerry Goodman, Jan Hammer, Rick Laird, Billy Cobham, and John McLaughlin were breaking up. So, yeah, it's interesting that Billy um, took Jan into the studio for this one. He's the only Mahavishnu Orchestra member that he took into the studio for this landmark album spectrum killer 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 album uh it's got quadrant four uh it's got red baron lily uh tarian matador all these great great tracks and the thing about it is is that um they were all these songs were written by billy cobham so and you know it, it's been speculated that Billy never uh, gave his compositions uh, to be read or recorded uh, by the Mahavishnu Orchestra because he, he just I think he kept his cards close to the vest. He was kind of a loner, you know, when they went on tour because um, Jan and Jerry were usually hanging out, or Jan, Jerry, and Rick, and you know. John kind of went, kept to himself practicing in the hotel rooms and things like that. And Billy kind of was just off to himself. He just was like a lone wolf. You know, he, he's like stage time is when we hit and that's when we hang out is on the plane and in the bus and, you know, on stage. So, I mean, of course, Billy Cobham had a military background, so he was kind of used to just working out, taking walks, you know, getting his mind set you know, for that kind of uh, difficult level music, but he never gave his compositions to be read. And and truth be told, I mean, Billy Cobham's music is a little funkier than what Mahavishnu was doing. So maybe maybe he was right. So there you go. Can you imagine some of that music being played by John McLaughlin, Rick Laird, and Jerry Goodman? I can't imagine necessarily uh, a violin being playing along with Stratus, but, I mean, who knows? It could have been cool. Questions for the infinity, right? There you go. <laughs> but, as I said before, Jan Hammer um, is the connecting thread to this whole uh, set, right? Because the track before that, we heard Evo Love from the Jan Hammer group from his album, Oh Yeah? 
from 1976, featuring Tony Smith on the drums, Fernando Saunders on the bass, Stephen Kindler on the acoustic and electric violin and rhythm guitar, and Jan Hammer on electric piano, Moog synthesizer, Polymoog, Oberheim synthesizer, the Oberheim four-voice synthesizer, timbales, vocals, and a, quote, Mini Moog Oberheim combination that sounds a lot like a guitar. So, yeah. So you had a violin player who could play rhythm guitar, a synthesizer, a bass, and a drum. It was almost like a um, his version of the Mahavishnu Orchestra. So, and not too far removed from that. 1976. Yeah, from his album. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of got this, like, cartoon cover of what looks to be like Jan Hammer. So, very interesting. Very cool music though. I, I really enjoy Jan Hammer. And, yes, by the way, Jan Hammer is the same Jan Hammer. It's like, why does that name sound familiar? You might be asking yourself that. And, the truth of the matter is, is that Jan Hammer is, yes, the same Jan Hammer that wrote the theme for the hit 1980s TV show Miami Vice. Crockett and Tubbs. That's right. So, yep, that's where he made a lot of his his money there. So, yeah, talented dude, you know, from Mahavishnu to Miami Vice, the Jan Hammer story. Anyway, uh, and then we started off the set with one of my favorite, favorite, favorite albums. Um, Yeah, and uh, a guitar player who recently passed, uh, the great, legendary Jeff Beck. And we heard... Come Dancing from his album Wired, also from 1976. Um, Incredible, incredible song uh, written by Narada Michael Walden, great drummer. And uh, in fact, Narada Michael Walden and Ed Green were both on drums. Wilbur Bascom was on the bass. Uh, Max Middleton was on the clavinet. Of course, Jeff Beck was on the guitar, but on the synthesizer, yeah, our man. Jan Hammer. And in fact, um, Jeff Beck and Jan Hammer made a live album together. It was simply just called, um, like, I want to say Jeff Beck with the Jan Hammer group, you know, live. And there's some great tracks on that, too, if you enjoyed that set, uh, specifically the first song. Uh, I think that you would really dig the um, Jeff Beck with the Jan Hammer group live because there's, like, uh, the Full Moon Boogie song. Uh, Scatterbrain, Freeway Jam. There's a bunch of really, really great groovy songs. So, yeah, check that out for sure. Remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, you name it. We are there. So, if you know someone who would really dig this music, please pass it on to them. Remember, we're not making a dime off this. This is purely... Uh, a jazz evangelical mission, just trying to spread good vibes, good times, and get your mind off the stresses of the day. So, there you have it. Um, Also, if you could, if you have a a quick minute, please just leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a quick, you know, like 30 seconds, we'd really appreciate that. Um, But yeah, 
On top of that, we've also done all the work for you so you don't have to try to jot down little notes on your phone or on a little post-it note or anything like that, right? So all you have to do is go to our website, which is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And there you will find out all the tracks in the order in which they're played with the correlating artists and the correlating artwork for that track that you heard that you like. That way, you can go, hopefully if you have a local record store, and go digging through their crates and support them, uh, whether it's a UCD or whether it's you know a brand new CD or whether it's an album. Totally your call, whatever media you want to do. But if you don't have a local record store to support, then at least you know what to order and look for. So you know you're getting the exact track that you enjoyed from the Dr. Jazz podcast. So lastly, if you go up to our website and at the top of the page it says contact, you can click that and it will pop up an open blank box. Craft your email in that blank box and hit send and it will come right to me. Uh, we will write you back here at the podcast. I will. I will write you back. So um, it might take a while, but I will write you back. So you know, if you've got some groovy 1970s tracks that you're digging uh, that we haven't played in any one of these nine episodes, and clue me in. Love to hear from you. So, all right, enough talking from me. Let's get to another great set of groovy music here on Jazz from the 1970s at the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
That was the one, the only Stanley Clark with his big hit School Days from the album Stanley Clark Live, 1976 through 1977. Yeah, man, uh, the original School Days in the studio version is really great, but there's a whole other level of energy with a live recording. And it features, of course, our man Stanley Clark on the electric bass. Jerry Brown is on the drums. Ray Gomez is killing the electric guitar part. Um, let's see. On the piano, mini moog, poly moog, fender roads, and organ, it's none other than David Sanchez. And um, in the percussion role, we've got Manungo Jackson. And then we've got a four-piece horn section here. We've got Al Harrison as well as James Tinsley on the trumpet, flugelhorn, piccolo trumpet, which we got to hear a little bit of that, and slide whistles, alarm clocks, other like little auxiliary things like that. But we also have Bob Malik playing tenor sax and flute on this album, as well as Alfie Williams playing soprano, alto, and berry sax along with flute. So, yeah. Killer, killer. I mean, there's nine tracks on here and it's it's just it's a just a great great album. Lopsy Lou, Quiet Afternoon, Silly Buddy, Vulcan Princess, Desert Song, but then you've also got some Return to Forever songs like The Magician and um Day Ride are both on there. Bass folk song number 3 has got a 13-minute version live. So, yeah, love that album. Awesome. Uh, before that, we heard none other than guitar great Al Demiola, right? And this uh, track that we heard in the middle there was none other than Dinner Music of the Gods. And it comes from Al Demiola's Splendido Hotel album, which kind of straddles jazz from the 1970s because it was released in early 1980 but it was recorded in 1979 and it's just a great great track uh, i love that track and i mean just check out who who all's on this album you've got mingo lewis and eddie cologne on percussion you've got steve gadd and robbie gonzalez on this album on drums tim landers and the one and only Anthony Jackson 
is playing bass. You've got Philip Sace on, on the keyboards, Pete Canarazzi on the synthesizer, but on the piano is the one and only Chick Corea. Alongside all of Aldi Miola's great guitar work. So, yeah. You just gotta love it. It's just, ah. Uh, especially that uh, little harpsichord kind of thing. Yeah, that Philip Sace did. It, it's fantastic. And icing on the cake is that Jan Hammer is on one of the tracks. And Les Paul, that's right, the man himself, Les Paul, is playing guitar on one of the tracks as well, alongside Al Miola. It's a really great album. Really is. So, just putting it out there. Um, and then we started off the set with one of my favorite albums, and it's by none other than the drummer, Lenny White. Yeah, and it comes from his 1978 album, Lenny White presents The Adventures of Astral Pirates. And we heard The Great Pyramid. And of course, features Lenny White on the drums, Don, Captain Keyboards, Blackman on the organ, acoustic, and electric piano, Oberheim polyphonic synthesizers, EU synthesizer, and all vocals. Alex Blake on the bass, uh... Nick Morak on the lead guitar and Jeff Sigmund on the rhythm guitar. And the string arrangements were by Don Blackman, but all the music was arranged by Lenny White. So, there you go. Let me just say, though, I love that track. It's got a, a, a The Great Pyramid, the Lenny White track. It, it has such a, a, a Sephardi vibe to it, but like funk and Sephardi music uh, mixed together. You know, it's like uh, Funky Masada almost. So, yeah, I really, really dig that track. So I'm glad I got to share that with y'all. Hopefully you dug it too. And if you haven't figured out a connection between Stanley Clark, Al Miola, and Lenny White, all three were part of a highly successful, uh, very famous jazz group from the 1970s called Return to Forever with keyboardist Chick Corea. And um, I will say that I, I feel very lucky uh, to have seen uh, all three of these gentlemen play uh, alongside Chick Corea in the first um, reunion. Well, I don't know. My friend Keith would tell me it's not the actual first reunion. So the most recent reunion um, of Return to Forever from, I believe it was 2008. So, yeah, I, I had to go all the way to Atlanta, and I got to see them uh, live there. And it was a pouring rainstorm. It was terrible weather, but nothing, and I mean nothing, was going to hold me back from seeing Chick Corea, Stanley Clark, Al Demiola, and Lenny White play together on one stage so I felt very fortunate and very blessed for that opportunity so yeah hopefully uh, some of you out there have been lucky enough to see Return to Forever play as well uh, if you have let me know I'd love to hear about it you know what I mean um, 
not to broadcast. It just I, I love reading, you know, things about that or hearing stories. So, um, all right. So stick around. We've got we're halfway through the podcast. We've got two more very, very funky sets coming at you. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to jazz in the 1970s here on the Dutch Jazz Podcast.
stuff ah, that is the one the only the legendary Herbie Hancock with Come Running to Me from his 1978 album Sunlight and you want to talk about a who's who Herbie Hancock of course is on the keyboards uh, the vocoder and background vocals legendary Reed man Benny Maupin is on soprano saxophone. You've got Wawa Watson as well as Ray Parker Jr. on guitar. You remember Ray Parker Jr.? Who are you going to call? 
Yeah. Byron Miller, Paul Jackson, and Jaco Pastorius take different roles for the electric bass on this album. Uh, Leon Ndugu Chancellor, James Levi, Harvey Mason, and the great Tony Williams share drum responsibilities. Raul Rical and Bill Summers are on percussion. Of course, Come Running to Me, I believe, was sampled by Jay Dilla. And then, um, personally, I have a little anecdote for this. Uh, I recently, this summer, got to hear Herbie Hancock live, in which he, um, among many other great songs like Chameleon and uh, a tribute to Wayne Shorter by playing Footprints, he also played Come Running to Me. And he did the vocoder thing. And it was a very special experience because he kind of riffed and went on to this like serene kind of section of the song and was just saying like to the whole audience, I love you. Thank you. I love you. I'm nothing without you. Thank you. I love you. And... It was it, it it was a very moving sort of thing, you know. Here is this musical legend. Forget just putting him into the the jazz idiom. He's a musical legend, and yet he's so giving of himself that he's. I mean, Herbie's like you know he's eighty something and he's still touring, you know, and um. Yeah, and I mean, he had James Genus on bass with him. And Jalen Petnoe on drums, a young kid who's got a lot of muscular kind of drum styles. Reminds you of an early young Billy Cobham. It really does, at least to me, to my ears, you know. Um, Lionel Luweke on the guitar and on loops and pedals and things like that, who just... Uh, had a whole solo album dedicated to the music of Herbie Hancock called HH, simply. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's just killer. You know, and in other dates around the country, you know, Terrence Blanchard uh, joined him, but not for the concert that I saw. And, um, but yeah, it was wonderful to hear Herbie reinvent one of his great songs from the 70s in Come Running to Me. So, and this is a great great album um i don't think sunlight gets enough love you know but i love the um the grooviness of i thought it was you and i've played that on the podcast before um no means yes sunlight good question but come running to me is a great song as well so um yeah wanted to share that song and that story with you guys so there you go before that we heard magic player (laughs) by the one and only bass legend Bunny Brunel and it comes from Bunny Brunel's album Ivanhoe and you want to talk about absolute killer playing Chick an all-star lineup Chick Corea on Minnie Moog and Fender Rhodes, Herbie Hancock on piano, Stanley Clark on the piccolo bass, Tony Williams on the drums, Joe Farrell on the tenor and soprano sax, Bill Watrous on the trombone, 
Do you remember the Tiger of San Pedro? That's Bill Watrous. Steve Kujala on the tenor sax. Alan Vizzuti on the trumpet. I mean, just killer. And then Don Elias is on percussion. It's an amazing group, you know. And, uh, yeah, Magic Player. Great groovy song. And then we opened the set with a track by violinist Jean-Luc Ponty. And we heard Imaginary Voyage Part 4. It's the closing track for the album Imaginary Voyage, um, which came out in 1976. Jean-Luc Ponty on acoustic and electric violins, organ, and background synthesizers. Daryl Sturmer was on acoustic and electric guitars. Alan Zavod was on acoustic piano and electric keyboards. Tom Fowler on the bass. Mark Craney on drums and percussion. Yeah, just a groovy track. It's got that 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 kind of underlying bubbling kind of funk groove, and then it just kind of goes into this like very serene section, and then it swells. You know, with the tremolo and the and the violin and and then the uh, the cymbal and it just swells and then it goes right back into the the little bubbling funk groove. So, a very cool track. I recently um, revisited this album, the whole album, Imaginary Voyage by Jean Luc Ponty, and when I first started listening to and exploring Jean Luc Ponty's music, it didn't stick out to me as one of my absolute favorites, like Cosmic Messenger. You know, but this one uh, is growing on me the older I get. It really is. And it's got a bunch of other great tracks like New Country, uh, Tarantula, Wandering on the Milky Way. It's a really cool, it's a really cool album. So if you haven't revisited some Jean-Luc Ponty and you're a fan of jazz from the 70s, you should totally check that out. Uh, don't forget, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you have a quick minute, we'd love to uh, get a positive review for you from you for Apple Podcasts. We're almost to that perfect rating, and just got to keep on trying. Besides that, um, you can find all these tracks, these artists, and this album artwork uh, in the order in which they're played for each episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast on our website. And that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast, dot wordpress.com. And there you can find out all that info. Plus, you can click contact at the top of the page. Write me an email. Love to hear from you. And we will write you back. So, yeah. All right. Enough talking. We've got one more great set. It's Three back-to-back-to-back slamming tracks to end it on a very strong note for this return to jazz from the 1970s, Volume 9. This is our ninth installment because we love this music and uh, some of our listeners love this music too. So, yeah, we're having a a nice 70s reunion here. So, uh, can you dig it? Thanks for listening. Uh, Let's get to this last set. It's going to be killer. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
Yes, yes, yes. Three sensational tracks. Absolutely love them. All right, so let's take them in order. That first track that we heard was Prelude Part 2 by the one and only Miles Davis from his album Agharta. And it features Miles on the trumpet and on the organ, Sonny Fortune on the soprano alto sax and the flute, Michael Henderson on the Fender bass, Al Foster on the drums, Pete Cozy and Reggie Lucas on guitar duties, and Matume on congas, percussion, water drums, and rhythm box. And I was reading the liner notes and I wanted to share just a little snippet of the liner notes from Lee Jeske. And he said that Miles was 48 years old on that track that we heard there to start out the set. Miles was 48 years old on that winter's afternoon in Japan. But he was a sick with disintegrating hips, bleeding ulcers, and other ailments. Tired, disillusioned man. After these concerts were in the can, he would pack up his innovations and go home. It's almost unbelievable, looking back at the six years he was gone, and, in a sense, at the jazz scene of the past 15 years, from 1975 to 1990. just how much his leadership was missed that we've continued to look to Miles Davis to lead the way is less a reflection on him than on us his charisma both personal and musical has not been replaced in any of the pretenders to his throne yeah and and it's hard to believe but it's true that um the, the tracks that we, we have for Agharta and the double album Pangea were all recorded in one day in Tokyo, uh, Japan in 1975. So, yeah, the, the tracks from Agharta were a matinee show and the tracks from Pangea were a night, an evening show. So, crazy. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, after those were recorded, Miles basically went into uh, seclusion, became a recluse for like six years, and didn't emerge until like the early 80s, until like 1981. So yeah, think about the music that could have happened, you know, had he not went into seclusion. But the fact remains that he did, and Miles made an indelible print on what we like to call jazz rock or jazz fusion. And many of his members that had played with him on a lot of those classic fusion albums like Bitches Brew and In a Silent Way and Live Evil went on to make their own groups. And that's a perfect segue to the next track that we heard, the middle track there, which was The Dance of Maya by the one and only Mahavishnu Orchestra which consists of John McLaughlin on guitar, Jerry Goodman on the violin, Jan Hammer 
our man again on the piano and synthesizers, Rick Laird on the bass and Billy Cobham on the drums. And this track, the middle track that we heard there, The Dance of Maya, comes from this 1972, 1971, sorry, album, The Inner Mounting Flame. And yeah, the... I was one of those folks that the, the very first introduction to the Mahavishnu Orchestra I heard was Birds of Fire. And I love Birds of Fire. But the older I get, I lean more towards the Intermounting Flame being my favorite Mahavishnu record out of the two because you just listen to some of those tracks like Meeting of the Spirits. It will melt your face. And then the the classical beauty of like A Lotus on Irish Streams. It's just gorgeous. And then Dawn, and then You Know You Know. Vital Vital Transformation is a killer tune. So, chops galore. So, yeah, I love that track, The Dance of Maya, and uh, it's a classic jazz fusion track, and hopefully you dug it too. So, yeah. Uh, Because we did hear from Billy Cobham and Jan Hammer earlier on in the podcast episode here. So, there you go. And another group... uh, from former Miles Davis sidemen that went on to make their own uh, statement was the one and only Chick Corea with Return to Forever. We had a whole uh, set that we dedicated by listening to a track from Stanley Clark, Al Demiola, and Lenny White. And that was all this uh, this last track that we heard to close out the, the whole podcast uh, featured all three of them along with Chick Corea. And it comes from the 1976 album Romantic Warrior by Return to Forever. We heard the track Majestic Dance, which is just a rollicking good time. And then you have the back and forth, you know, repartee between the guitar, the electric guitar, and the the harpsichord that Chick was playing. So Al Demiola and Chick just bouncing back and forth, you know, and it's just, it's a fantastic, fantastic track. And um, it's a good time track. So hopefully you've had a good time. Uh, I know that uh, I have. So, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your day or evening. Um, We're nothing without y'all. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And in the famous words of Duke Ellington, you're very beautiful, you're very gracious, you're very kind, and we do love you madly. And so until next time, Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.